and welcome to Curdled Ink, One Woman's Tirade Against Poor Writing and Problematic Romance. My name is Lee, and this is episode 31, chapter 4 of Fifty Shades Darker. As usual, trigger warnings will be in the episode description, and there are some trigger warnings for this chapter that you should definitely check out before we get started. Alright, so we begin chapter four with Christian over at Anna's apartment. He's spending the night there. They fuck a lot. They fuck a lot in this chapter. There's like a lot of pauses for sex in this chapter. We'll get into it. (laughs) So they're like talking and Christian says he wants to take care of Anna because... It kind of seems like she sort of had to take care of her parents growing up, which could be like a whole entire other podcast episode of the trauma that that can cause. It's, I believe the term is parentification, where a kid is like forced to grow up way too fucking fast because their parents are like incapable of caring for themselves in some way. And so the the child ends up caring for the parents as well as themselves, which of course no child should have to do. But it sounds like Anna got a little bit of that in her, you know, childhood years. So Christian is commenting on, oh, it sounds like you had to take care of people a lot and you're used to taking care of people and I want to take care of you, which is a sweet sentiment. And maybe that genuinely is what Christian thinks he's doing. I don't know. Maybe he's completely oblivious to how abusive he's been. Intention doesn't count for everything. It's something, but it's not everything. And in this case, it absolutely does not make it any less dangerous that he is using his money and influence and power to overstep boundaries constantly with Anna and like not even take the time to establish boundaries before he just steps right over them. It's not good. Quote time. So you'll remember in the last chapter, Christian reveals that he bought the company that Anna works for because he quote unquote needs to keep her safe or whatever the fuck he said. So they're talking about that. Anna says on page 73, by the way, if I, she says, if I leave and find another job, will you buy that company too? And they go back and forth a couple times and then Christian says, yes, I will buy that company too. He is adamant. Yikes. Big yikes. Big fucking yikes. This is exactly what I was just fucking talking about, Christian. Maybe you do genuinely think that owning every single company that she works for is protecting your girlfriend, but it's not. It's really not. Because again, unfortunately, like we would like to think that the world doesn't work this way, but it does. There are times when someone has to protect themselves from their romantic partner. And what Christian is doing is not allowing her to do that if she needs to, when she needs to, because she absolutely fucking needs to. Like he's just, he's just smashing through every single possible boundary in some cases before Anna even realizes it's a boundary, right? Like, but she did. That's the other thing. She did realize this was a boundary. She didn't want to tell him where she worked at first because she was thinking, what if he interferes? What if he steps in? But then she let down her guard enough to tell him that, hey, I just got a job. This is the company I've worked for now. And then he did exactly what she was fearing. She did, he did exactly what she thought he might do. He stepped in. He bought 
the fucking company. Like, that's so far over the line that we, like, left it back behind the curvature of the earth. We can't even see the fucking vine anymore. That's how far over it we are right now, Christian. And it just, like, well, I'll probably talk about this with something a little bit later in the chapter as well, but it just, like, reinforces that, like, he has such a problem with control and, like, controlling behavior and he can't do anything without having this vice-like grip on every single inch of it, you know? He can't let his girlfriend work for a company that he does not fucking own. And first of all, that's toxic. That's unhealthy in any relationship ever. Y you have to have space to be your own person. Otherwise, it just becomes either codependent or just abusive and manipulative or both. Some combination of the two. And none of that is good news. And second of all, I feel like this is just reinforcing this toxic idea, like toxic uninformed idea of what a dom is. That in order to be dominant in the bedroom or in a romantic relationship, you have to be this type of person that needs this incremental control over every single aspect of your life. And like, no, <laughs> that's not how it works on so many levels. Like, first of all, this level of control doesn't make you a dominant. It makes you abusive. It makes you controlling, and it means you just have some issues that you need to work through, preferably sooner rather than later. And second of all, obviously dominance and submission come in all kinds of different flavors. Yeah, maybe some people are like the type A personality and they like to have control over everything in their life and that includes a dominant power exchange in their romantic relationship. There are other people who feel so out of control in the rest of their life or don't feel confident enough to take control in the rest of their life or, you know, any number of, of factors may lead to them seeming pretty like quiet and demure and deferential in the rest of their life and then is that one space where they can be dominant, where they can take control, where it feels okay and good and safe for them to take control like that. And then there's all kinds of other people in between because kink is not a monolith. People are not monoliths. Kinky people are not monoliths. There's as many different dominants as there are in the world. That's how many different kinds of dominance, you know, there are in the world. Like, everyone brings their own personality and experience and desires and just their own self to it. So yeah, so they fuck again. They Seriously, there's like four different sex scenes in this chapter. Like three or four. I don't know. I fucking stopped counting. And then Anna tells Christian about the girl, the like homeless woman, the mentally ill woman who stopped her outside of her office the other day. Turns out that woman is Layla, one of Christian's exes. We don't get all the details, because we know how much Christian hates fucking sharing anything, but Layla was one of the partners that Christian had who wanted, quote-unquote, more. She wanted, like, more of a romantic aspect to the relationship, and Christian didn't. He wanted it strictly kink, strictly contract, see each other on the weekends, whatever. And from from little hints that we get here and there, seems like it turned pretty unhealthy between them. Some bad shit went down. They broke up. 
and now Layla's back for some reason. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Anna is hearing this and her first thought as Christian is telling her about Layla is, oh, I bet Layla signed the contract. I bet Layla could follow orders. I bet Layla could do all this stuff that he wants in a submissive. And so, and she's just so instantly just jealous and insecure and it's just not good. And it's like, I mean, first of all, clearly she couldn't, or at least she couldn't well enough because they didn't, it didn't last, you know, they're not together anymore. But also like, once again, like I say this a lot, but Anna, you have to work on this. You have to work on your insecurity and your jealousy because unless you're, you know, teenagers or very, very young, chances are anyone you get together with is going to have a past. They're going to have a history. They're going to have exes. They're going to have positive romantic relationships that were, that looked different from the one you're in right now. And you kind of have to be okay with that. And you kind of, you can't, you can't spend all your time and energy just comparing yourself to this imagined version of your boyfriend's ex, you know, because you're just, you're gonna exhaust yourself, you're gonna grind away at your self-esteem, you're, you're just gonna work yourself into so much anxiety and insecurity and it's just not good. It's not good for you, it's not good for the relationship, it's not good. And also, every time I say that, I kind of feel bad because like, yes, some of this is on Anna. Yes, she has some self-esteem stuff to work through before she, I mean, obviously I'm not an expert, I'm not a psychiatrist, but from my perspective, it feels like she would be in a much better position to be in a romantic relationship if she worked on some of this self-esteem stuff first. That being said, some of this is also on Christian because he is providing such an unstable, you know, chaotic environment in this relationship where he's just keeping his expectations so unclear and getting angry at her over these things that it would never have occurred to her that they aren't okay with him because he doesn't tell her and he's like holding so much of himself close to his chest and not letting her in at all and he's you know he's stalking her he's manipulating her he's just stomping on her boundaries every time she tries to assert them I mean everything everything that I've been talking about this entire series is just contributing to this environment where of course she doesn't feel good of course she doesn't feel secure of course she feels anxious and jealous and, and and all the rest of it because that's what happens when you create this like toxic relationship and this toxic environment so there's blame to share I guess is what I'm saying okay so they're talking about Layla and they get Anna gets more of the story so when Anna was visiting her mom in Georgia remember you probably don't remember I didn't remember until this chapter reminded me Christian had to leave suddenly because he he like came and visited her and then he had to leave suddenly and he never told her why this is why because Layla showed up at Christian's apartment and attempted suicide in front of his housekeeper and the housekeeper got her to the hospital but then Layla checked herself out and left before Christian could get there. Uh, oof. I told you there is going to be some some heavy shit in this episode. And part of like the way he's talking about it, it sounds like the doctors at the hospital really weren't helpful. They basically, like it sounds like they were pretty dismissive and they were like, oh yeah, it's just a cry for help. 
Like she didn't actually mean to. So what? So it's a cry for help. So get her some fucking help. Like, don't just be like, oh, she didn't actually mean to. I don't care. A human being hurt themselves. Yeah, it's a cry for help. So get them some fucking help. I mean, I know the American medical system is bullshit and there was probably only so much they could do, but the, at least from the way Christian was telling it, it sounded like these doctors were pretty fucking dismissive of this suicide attempt that this very clearly mentally unstable woman made. Which is the other thing. From what little we know of Layla right now, clearly she has some kind of diagnosis. She has some kind of mental something going on. And just look at what Christian's relationship with Anna has been so far. Yeah, it's really, really easy for me to imagine that kind of relationship driving an already mentally unstable person into a really fucking bad downward spiral and into the place where she ends up you know, homeless and attempting suicide, which is really fucking scary because no, Anna's not like bipolar or anything, but she has these really, really deep anxieties and insecurities and low self-esteem. And that can also lead to some pretty dark places. Ask me how I fucking know. So I worry for her too. I mean, I know like narratively, she's not going to end up homeless or whatever, because that's not the kind of story that E.L. James is writing. But like in real life, in a real life situation like this, might end there. Oh yeah, also, Christian mentions that Layla is married, and Anna immediately assumes, oh, that means you were cheating with Layla. That means you were together while she was married. Which, he explains, no, she, you know, they broke up and then she got married soon after. But that, that tells me something so key about what Anna instinctively thinks of Christian, which is... You know, this man is a cheating bastard who has absolutely no personal limits or a sense of morality. And I mean, not no, but also the fact that that's immediately where your mind went, like, tells me what you really think of this man. And I just wish that she could notice that and start interrogating, okay, if this is what I really truly think of him, is this re relationship right for me? Should I be with someone who, like, that's what I assume about them? Because, holy shit, does that ever betray a massive lack of trust on Anna's part. And especially with a kinky relationship. Of course you have to trust your partner. You have to. It's one of the core tenets of healthy kink is that you trust the person you're playing with. So I just, I just wish that she would see. I know she won't, but I wish that she would see what a red flag that is about, you know, how unhealthy and how wrong this relationship is for her, everything else aside. So anyway, yeah, last thing about Layla, they think that Layla has like showed up again and is trying to get back into Christian's life because of Anna, I guess because Anna is like the first girlfriend that he's ever been public with. So Layla's jealous or something, I don't know. They don't know. They're just they're just speculating at this point. Also, Christian has been trying to track Layla down and get her basically into a psychiatric hospital since she made the suicide attempt, which is a tough situation because on the one hand, I totally understand, you know, having had experience of watching a partner have a mental break severe enough that they needed to be hospitalized for a little bit. It's really fucking scary and it sucks. And they hated it. They hated every second of it. And I totally understand that. So I understand the impulse. 
And also, again, I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I don't even know. I couldn't even begin to tell you what Layla's, you know, mental health is like, aside from clearly not great. But I just, I have to question if using his money and his resources and his, like, stalker powers to track her down against her will is really the best thing for her in this situation? I really don't know. Like, on the one hand, that feels so intrusive. I mean, maybe just because I have in my head what he has done. You know, the similar times that he has done that to Anna, and so it just kind of skeeves me out a bit. But I don't know. This is one of those situations where I really, I don't know what the quote-unquote right answer is. Maybe there is no quote-unquote right answer. Maybe it's just trying to make the best of a really fucking shitty situation. So yeah, are we having fun yet? So fast forward to the next morning, Anna wakes up before Christian does and starts touching his chest while he's still asleep, which we've been over this several times. Christian doesn't want to be touched, not on his chest. He has trauma about that shit. It's a hard limit. It's a hard fucking limit for him. And no, the other person being asleep is not a free ticket to consent. It is the exact fucking opposite of that, actually. It means that the person can't consent, and therefore everything is a no. I mean, obviously, unless you have very specifically negotiated, yes, it's okay to do this to me in my sleep, which some relationships have that dynamic, and that's fine. But if you had not had that conversation, and especially if the thing that you are doing to your partner in their sleep is something that they have specifically told you not to do while they're awake, that's bad. Like, that's basically assault. That fits the definition of assault. So that's a big fucking yikes. I know I've said this before, but Anna, respecting boundaries goes both ways. I know he doesn't respect yours, but that's still- that doesn't make it any more okay for you to not respect his. It's gotta be a two-way street. Fast forward a little bit more. Anna still- so, last book. Christian sold Anna's old car and bought her a new one and gave her a check with the price of the of the old car. And she still has not cashed that check. So Christian reveals that he hung on to the car that he bought her through their breakup, which just feels to me like another sign of him just like denying that they even broke up and not planning to quote unquote let her break up with him. But that's maybe that's just me. So anyway, he's like, yeah, I still have your car and I had my driver Taylor bring it over. So here's the key. And Anna's like, okay, here's the check. <laughs> I'm gonna buy this car from you. That's how I'm gonna feel good about having this car. Which honestly feels fair to me. Uh, but Christian, of course, is not gonna let it go at that. He insists that the car is a gift. So Anna's like, all right, and she rips up the check. She's like, if I'm getting the car, I don't want this money. So Christian, not to be outdone, of course, goes into the other room, calls his accountant or whatever the fuck, and has that same amount of money from the check just deposited directly into Anna's bank account. So a few things. First of all, how the fuck does he have access to her bank account info? That's really fucking scary. And she even asks him that. And you know what his response is? His totally casual, not creepy at all response is, I know everything about you, Anna. Fucking yikes. Like, seriously fucking yikes. Not good. Not a good thing for someone to say after knowing you for like six weeks at this point, or whatever the fuck it's been. So that's first of all. Second of all, 
Just the absolute lengths he goes to, to once again step over her boundaries, step over a request that she has made repeatedly, extremely firmly, and he just won't let her do what she wants to do to feel comfortable with this thing that he has, once again, without any discussion from her, just decided to do. Buy her this car. Give her this car. Like, I just can't even fathom staying with someone who was who had such blatant and all-encompassing disdain for any boundary I set or any request I made or, or any, like, injection of myself as a human being into this relationship. Just, it just, oh, it skeeves me out so fucking bad. That's my review of this whole series in one sentence, by the way. It skeeves me out so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, so... They go eat breakfast and then Christian, so Anna mentions that she wants to get a haircut and so Christian's like, all right, and takes her to a like huge fancy hair salon that, surprise, surprise, he owns. Remember what I said at the beginning of this, of this episode about him having massive control issues and not being able to do anything in his life without having his skeevy, sticky, gross fingers in every single inch of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I rest my case. So the hair salon is, of course, full of more white, blonde, Aryan side characters because what other kind of side characters exist in this series? Not a lot. <laughs> so then they run into one particular white, Aryan, blonde woman who turns out to be, one, the co-owner of this salon with Christian, and two, Mrs. Robinson. What's her actual name? I fucking forget. Elena? I want to say it's Elena. Anyway, Mrs. Robinson, who is, you know, the woman who statutory raped Christian as a teenager and, you know, was his first introduction into kink. So that's a big one. That's a big X that we're introducing. And that's where the chapter ends. That's like the cliffhanger for the end of that chapter. Cannot fucking wait for the drama that comes next. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a nightmare, I'm sure. For now, thank you so much for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash leecartist. And by the way, my Shopify store just launched today, the day of recording, so it, it will have been a few days by the time you're listening to this, but it is now online. You can go look at all the handmade jewelry and accessories and stuff that I make and have available for sale if you are interested in that. I'm not going to drop the link here because it's not related to the podcast but if you go to allmylinks.com slash artist, you will find it. And uh, thank you in advance. It, I am super, super fucking proud of this project. Uh, so I would love anyone who takes a moment to look at it. I super appreciate it. Anyway, you can find my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. And this podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod and patreon.com slash thecurdledpod, where you can support the podcast monthly in return for some fun exclusive content. Oh, that reminds me of another end of show announcement. Content has changed. I'm sure some of you saw the feed drop of my first little mini bonus episode that I'm going to be releasing more of on Patreon every week. So that's one thing that's new. I have also kind of revamped what rewards you get at what support 
tier on Patreon, so I'm just gonna go through them real quick, try not to make this outro too, too long. At $2 a month, that is the Just Friends level, you now get early access to new episodes. I try to post them about 48 hours early, so the podcast releases to the public on Thursdays. I try to release it to the patron to patrons on Tuesdays at $5 a month, or the Friends with Benefits level. You get early access to episodes, weekly the weekly mini bonus episodes, and occasional bonus rants. I have not had a chance to record any of these occasional bonus rants, but I have some ideas for them. I will get to them. I promise they're going to be like longer episodes about other pieces of media. Um, I have a few movies that I think I want to talk about, kind of in the vein of like romance and or sex and or kink and or anything else that we talk about on this podcast, just, you know, related to other pieces of media. So $10 a month at this level, we are going steady. You get early access to episodes, Episodes, weekly mini bonuses, occasional bonus episodes, and a monthly live chat or AMA, which stands for Ask Me Anything, for those who don't know. Again, I don't have any patrons at this level yet, so I have not had the chance to do that live chat yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping it's going to happen. I would love to have a chance to, like, connect with some listeners more chat with y'all, answer some questions, ask some questions maybe, who knows? Just have like a chill fun hang. $15 a month, the true love tier, you get all the stuff from the other tiers plus dramatic readings of each chapter which I try to post on the Monday of each release week. So before even early access people get, you know, the new podcast episode. Patrons at this tier will get the um, dramatic reading. And also, I tend to add a little bit of extra commentary into those dramatic readings that is not stuff that I necessarily have enough to say about it to, like, say in the main episode. So if you want even more of my commentary <laughs> in your life, that's that. And then at $25 a month, the Life Partners tier, you get everything that you got on the lower tiers, plus a shout out on the podcast, and monthly original short erotica stories that I write. I'm currently a little bit behind on those, but I am working to catch up, and I, you know, there is some in the archive already, and some of it is more kinky, some of it is more soft and romantic, some of it is just stuff that I find sexy. <laughs> um, so once a month I will post a piece of erotica, and once I get patrons at that tier, I will absolutely be open to taking requests for kinks or pairings or dynamics or anything else that you would like to see me write. So that's the new and improved Patreon. Find all of those links that I mentioned in the episode description. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. If you can't or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, post on social media, do whatever you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast. That would be so, so appreciated. Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com, and until next time, remember your rack. That's risk-aware consensual kink. Bye!
fuck knows. This is... Oh, kitty. Oh my goodness. Um... Um... That tells me something so key. Oop. I feel like I've been about a mile away from the mic this whole time. Oh well. And if you can't, don't want to, or whatever. Um, if you can't or don't want to support me monetarily, God, I need to rewrite this this outro outline thing that I have. Um, I keep saying that every time, and then I never do. I'm a professional. I'm losing my balance. Okay.